All right, it's uh, 3.31 here on the Blitz 1170. Ah, yes, that time-honored tradition, with me anyway, where the University of Tulsa football schedule gets released, and then I start to do my little looky-loo and see where I will be spending some of my Saturday evenings. And I'm not going to lie. not going to lie. I like being back home Thanksgiving, right? Not having to worry about shuffling and moving things around just for the sake of family. But I also really enjoy the idea of spending the weekend before Thanksgiving, you know, November in Tampa. Quite nice. If we could work that out every single year, whether it be like Florida Atlantic with Boca or Tampa <laughs> with the football schedule, that would be great. I greatly appreciate and that. And only two weeknight games this season. Only two weeknight games, the home opener. And then later on with... All right, hit me with who it is later on. Uh, East, Carolina? East Carolina, November 14th. On a, on a Thursday night, okay. I like the cold weather destinations, potentially, because uh, October in Philly is way different than November in Philly. So we can knock the temple trip out <laughs> early in October and uh, be good. So, yeah. I don't I mean, is there it. really a good time to go to Philly? You know, I, I've i kind of enjoyed my <laughs> trips to Philly. Now, that's a very short period of time that I'm there, kind of in and out in, in 24 hours. But the last time that I was there was right while the World Series was going on, and I thought that that was awesome just to see the way that the city was embracing the uh, Phils. So a uh, very, very cool moment. Now, outside of being on the ground for more than 48 hours, I can't really tell you that much. So you're probably correct with that assessment. Yeah, we'll get into Tulsa's schedule and those that are hating on it, which I don't really understand, but we'll spend some time on that here in a bit. What I wanted Quite to... the, na- the same non-con, huh? Yeah. What a, what a gauntlet they had last year. Yeah, it is. It's it's different, but I I'll I'll save my comments for later, but... It's a. It is more of a regional schedule of the ones that they can actually control than what most people believe. And quite frankly, I think that that's where we're at in G five. Like, I don't have any problem with a regionalized schedule. There's nothing I can do about the SMU in Houston uh, moving on to to different conferences. And hey, those athletic departments have invested in themselves and put themselves in a position to to move up and move on to something bigger and better financially there's not a chance that Tulsa was keeping up with SMU and Houston if we're just being honest to me Tulsa is right where they should be playing the likes of the UTSAs of the world and the La Tech non-conference games and the North Texas's of the world that's kind of where they belong and I think that that's where they will be and should be moving forward into whatever landscape of college football looks like even if that is those speculating today that this is nothing more than the 14 team uh, kind of foreshadowing the SEC and the Big Ten even adding even more members. So we'll we'll talk about that in the college football segment. What I wanted to do here for a moment is talk a little Kelvin Sampson with his return. It's a big weekend in Norman with softball opening up their new stadium tomorrow at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then the number one team in the country rolling in with their former head coach. So before I play this audio, which is classic Kelvin audio from his coach's show a few weeks ago, I asked Dusty this question yesterday in the 5 o'clock hour. Will there be any animosity whatsoever, or has enough time passed where most people revere Kelvin a certain way when it comes to Sooner basketball and what he meant to the legacy aspect? Because 
no matter what you say, Oklahoma basketball itself is kind of a program that has been really good with like two head coaches. You know, they've had their their heyday with with Billy Tubbs and then with with Kelvin Sampson. And they've had a few moments outside of that where they've been good, but nothing in terms of like sustained success where you would call them a basketball power. And Kelvin is one of those guys that's included in that. So how is he how's he welcome back on Saturday? I think it will be overwhelmingly positive from from what at least my belief is in what he meant to a program and and establishing it, even if it was that many years ago. I mean, it's been 18 years now, right, since he was there. Uh, it's a, a tremendous amount of time has passed. And I think on the, on the other side of that coin, like, he's right now doing an amazing job and coaching the number one team in the country. And, you know, maybe if he had just drifted off into oblivion and nobody had ever heard about him again, then, you know, maybe there's not the same sort of appreciation for what he did. But I think that appreciation is magnified by how much success he's still having in college hoops, especially with the number one team in the country. Scott, you think it'll be overwhelmingly positive? I I think it will be. I think it'll be overwhelming. There's always going to be some people that will hold it against him to how his tenure at Norman ended. I think overwhelmingly he'll be positive. And you look at what he lost his job over, like all that's, you know, it's no big deal. It's He'd all, still be employed today. Yeah. Like none of that would happen. and wouldn't even have the five-year show clause that happened from Indiana. Like none of it. This is, though, like when that happened, I that's kind of when I feel like that the Oklahoma State student section was at their peak you know, with the T-Mobile signs that they were bringing in from all of that stuff. Like, they were they were really good in the art of trolling. We had some really, really good student sections back in the day. Oklahoma State was one. The Antlers group with Missouri that were a bunch of psychopaths. Makes me miss the old Big 8 slash Big 12 days, for sure. Um, Mizzou Hoops was, was legit. What has happened to Missouri Hoops, by the way? They're god-awful. I don't even think they've won a game at conference this year. Did you know that? I think they're 0-14 at conference. And if they do have one victory, I think that's it. I think it just might be one. I, I don't Norm know. Norm Stewart is incredibly disappointed. Norm Stewart. Where's Quinn Snyder when you need him? <laughs> um, yes, they are 0-15. 0-15. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Missouri hoops. 8-20 overall. See, that? What's hap- that's what happens when you get good in football. You can't be good in two things at once. You just can't. It's a it's a rule. Uh, Kelvin, today, this may set off the silence alarm, but I do really want to give it time to breathe on this. Kelvin was on the teleconference for the Big 12 coaches today and was asked about what it meant about coming back to Norman this weekend. And ultimately, they got to talking about Ryan Miner. And uh, Kelvin got pretty emotional here talking about Ryan Miner and laid out for a very, very long time while he was trying to gather himself so he wouldn't actually cry on camera. Talking to the team, I looked at uh, Ryan and, you know, you just have all these flashbacks of who he is and what he represents, you know. um, He's fighting to hold back tears like 
like we all do at that time. We're like, nope, I, I'm going to be a blubbering mess if you ask me, ask me to speak at any point in time. And he's still trying to fight back, holding holding tears here. And at the end, he drops, I think, a bit of wisdom that is 100%. One thing I noticed about getting old is you cry more. Yeah, he's right. The one thing about when you get older, you cry more. That's why I tweeted today, add kids to that as well. You add kids into your life and you get older, damn it, you're going to cry about uh, a lot of things. And that shows you some of the emotion there that Kelvin's going through this week uh, when it comes to coming back to a place that he had so much success. But there's another piece of audio that I would like to play for you because as much as Kelvin talks about getting older and being a little bit more emotional, like don't get it twisted. Like Kelvin is still a hard ass. And that's, that's one thing that I don't know if Oklahoma basketball has been able to replicate since Kelvin has been gone and they've had good coaches, but the blue collar mentality, the, Hey, we're going to play defense at no, uh, with, with no regard at, at all, uh, just hasn't quite been the same since Kelvin left. And that works in both ways or two ways because Kelvin's teams also got ran down at the end of the year because of how physical that he was. Ask anyone that was a part of going to those practices with, with Kelvin. And I mean, they would be doing things still at the end of the season that they were doing in the lead up to the season in practice. There was no chill whatsoever. And this team just got flat out tired sometimes in the NCAA tournament. Maybe one of the reasons why, he had such the bad reputation as to flaming out early in the NCAA tournament as they did. They still made some runs. But this is Kelvin from his coach's show from February 20th, okay? Um, In his coach's show, they have an open mic session where they pass a mic around and fans get to ask Kelvin questions. And I'll, I'll play some of this for you. And it, it takes a little while to get to the answer here from, from Kelvin, but this is just a, a good idea here of, of who still Kelvin Sampson is. So last night, Fran Frischella tweeted, if Kelvin Sampson was 22 years old and could go out on the court and play with the brain he has at 68, it would be Jamal Shedd. Jamal is the embodiment of everything Kelvin Sampson stands for on the basketball court. What are your thoughts on that and how much truth is there in it? You know, I, I, uh, uh, Fran actually texted me last night at 1 o'clock in the morning <laughs> because uh, that's, that's coach's witching hour. You know, I don't, I don't sleep after a game. Uh, um, I, I have an unbelievable wife. You know, she's, she's, she's been uh, my partner. Um, we got married in 1979. Our first year as a head, she was a head coach's wife in 1980 at Christmas. We lived in a, um, a an apartment building, and uh, for free, because we we were in charge of the discipline. That means when all those damn Canadians got drunk and started fighting, I'd go over there and knock on the door and tell them to tell them to stop fighting. You know, there's no cell phones back then. I had a wall phone. You guys remember the kitchen wall phone? He just goes off on a tangent without actually answering the question. The line there, though, we were in charge of discipline, and when Canadians got drunk, it was my job to go over and knock on the door. Some people don't even know what I'm talking about. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys. Kitchen wall phone. I'd bang the police department's uh, number and say, uh, we're at the green apartments. 
Uh, no, it wasn't a rotary phone, brother. It was it was a bang phone. I just banged those numbers in. <laughs> and um, um, police would come up there, and I'd go down there and, and act like I was doing something. But that's how I got my rent free. But the key was this. When, the, uh, when an apartment became vacant, Karen and I would clean it. And they would give us a $45 check. And that's how we made it. We got it. They paid us $45 to clean the apartment. She would clean out the refrigerator and the stove and the kitchen. I would go uh, rent a uh, one of those uh, back, what do you call those uh, things that clean the carpet? Carpet. What do you call them? Rug shampoo. Yeah, rug shampoo. And I cleaned the commode. That was not fun. Oof. But, I, but you know, we were 24, 25 years old. We, we didn't have anything. That's how we started. Um, but we'd get, uh, you know, we'd, we'd treat ourselves to a night out. And if we didn't have that $45 or $90 or, you know, 180 bucks, you know, clean four apartments, we were rich. What you talking about, man? Come on now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> what was I talking about? Okay. Now is when he finally starts to answer the question. Fran texted you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, we would, uh, uh, you know, when the games are over, you know, I, I don't sleep because you're on a high, right? You're on a high, but coaches know that. Um, so, uh, Rick Barnes, Tubby Smith, John Calipari, Chris Beard. I got about 10 guys that know to call me between um, uh, midnight and 2 in the morning <laughs> because they don't sleep either. Coaches are crazy. I mean, they are, literally. They're just, they're just crazy people. Um, but Karen and I were sitting there at midnight, 1 o'clock, and my, my phone got a text that said, who's that? I said, let me see. It was uh, Fran Pichola. He was said, I don't know why I said this, but I just said it. Whatever you just said was what he said. I don't even know what the hell it means. I, I don't know what, what did, what, how did you interpret that? The way I interpret it, at least, is that you've done an incredible job with Jamal. He's yeah. done an incredible job learning and that together you guys are just an amazing team. All right. So here's one of the best answers that I've heard about a college athlete ever. This is about Jamal Shedd, who we can all agree is pretty badass for Houston right now. Listen to the way that Kelvin describes Jamal when he first got onto campus. Yeah, well, when Jamal got here, here was a, he was a little turd. Uh, but I knew, but you know, there's two different kind of turds. There's those that float and those that sink, right? And, um, you know, when, when he got here, um, he, he didn't know. His, his mother and father is the one that sent him here. Uh, they, they, they said, you need to go play for that, that crazy dude over there. Uh, Jerry Walker's father said that too. Um, we got some kids we're recruiting now is doing the same thing. But um, uh, the best thing happened to Jamal was we didn't need him. We didn't need him. I had Dejan Giroux. I had Marcus Sasser. I had Quentin Grimes. Uh, Justin Gorham, Fabian White, um, who else was on? Uh, Reggie Cheney, uh, uh, Tremont Mark. I had a really good team. We didn't need Jamal. And that was a very humbling thing for him. You know, as, as you grow up, you, some of you guys don't even remember how, 
when you got humbled, when you weren't needed. Uh, and Jamal needed that. He needed to, to be in a situation weren't needed. I can't tell you how many times I stopped practice and made him run and, and start screaming at him and said, look, Jamal, you need me more than I need you, son. You got a choice. Walk out the door. What do you think we're going to do? Not win because you're not here? We don't need you. I mean, I literally say those things to him. Um, but he never left. He kept showing up. One, that tells you right there everything that I, Kelvin's coaching style has not changed one bit. He might have softened through just like an emotional standpoint of, of talking about things from yesteryear when he breaks down and, and starts crying, thinking about Ryan Miner. But Kelvin is still the same hard ass that he was when he was here. So there's no element that has changed. And I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of coaches that still take the old school approach. But in a weird way with where we are now, I'm not calling it refreshing. I think it's hilarious to still see him openly talk about I told one of the best players in college basketball, like when he first got here, I just called him a turd and basically said there's two types of turds. There's sinkers and there's floaters, and we're going to find out which one that you are. Stop practice multiple times and told him, like, we don't need you. We don't need you. You need me way more than what we need you. And if you think that we're not going to win because you walk out that door, you are sadly mistaken. It is, it's, it's not necessarily refreshing it's just hilarious to still see that no matter how much time has gone by since Kelvin left here, he's still kind of the exact same guy that he was at Oklahoma, and that's why he's as successful now at Houston as he has been at Oklahoma, and it's continuing down that path. But to hear him just call one of his players a little turd when he got onto campus, now I don't know how many coaches are willing to do that that part of it now and still be – kind of revered and hear the laughs in the background from the fans. Because there are some places you do that at, you probably get your ass run out the door, if we're just being honest about it. But uh, I, I had to play that today when I heard that quote. that He was a turd when he got on campus. Well, and, and at a place like Houston, it, it works, right? Like, you, you maybe aren't able to do that at Kentucky, for example. I think the, you know, Houston, the, the type of, of athlete you're getting probably isn't the five star where you know you have to walk on eggshells like you're you're getting guys like he said that maybe you don't need and you're able to coach them in a certain way to ultimately bring the most out of them if they're able to withstand it yeah that's a really really good point and he's just another one in the long line of those guys that he's out of houston now that have turned that program into a spinning image of Kelvin and some of those Kelvin teams. Now, the only difference with some of the Oklahoma teams is that those teams could could fill it up. Come on, man. Ebby Ara, Qantas and Hollis running around and Aaron Ace McGee. Those those guys could fill it up when they needed to, but uh, the, the defensive intensity and kind of the style of player is still the same with the mentality that Kelvin now has in Houston. So it will be fun to see him back here coming up on Saturday. All right, it's 3.50. We'll take a timeout here on the Blitz 1170. We want to hear from you on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line 918-262-5072. That's 918-262-5072. Live from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios here on the Blitz 1170.